And we do wish all of our fathers a happy Father's Day. I want to ask you, I want to ask our congregation there in Midlothian, let's just begin this uh, time in God's Word with a, with a moment in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we come before you on this beautiful morning just to pause in your presence. Lord, you've said when we gather, when we come to this house, you want it to be a place of prayer. It's not the sign out front. It's not the design of the building that makes it your house. It's our presence here with you, whether it be in this building or in a theater. Jesus, you said you were zealous that this would be a place we could talk to God. And Lord, we do that right now. We just take this moment to speak what's on our hearts. Maybe it's to ask for forgiveness. Maybe it's to ask for help to forgive somebody. Maybe there's an area of our life we just really need to see you work. Lord, as we come before you with hundreds of personal requests, personal issues in our lives, we, we lift up to you some things going on in our church. I thank you for the team that left yesterday from our family to go to the Ukraine to carry the gospel, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the safe travel they've had. We pray for them a, a great week of fellowship and unity and enjoying each other as they come together to serve the gospel to serve the people there in that community. I pray they're a blessing to the believers there and the church there, an encouragement to them. Lord, we pray that many will be ministered to and many will be saved. We pray your protection over their lives. We pray your favor over them as they deal with the community and officials. Lord, we pray that their trip will be powerful, will be successful in your eyes. Lord, as we pray for them, we think of Teams that are preparing right now, leaving in the days ahead for Africa, for Cambodia, again from right here in our home. God, I thank you for this church family that is so devoted, so committed to go and to carry the gospel, whether it's a, across the street or across the ocean. I pray you'll see our family doing that, Lord, and you'll bless in light of that. Lord, we come to you on a, on a Father's Day. What an awesome word, a, a word that you seek to communicate yourself. You want us to know you as a father. Lord, this is a day we honor our dads. We know that as believers, we're a people who honor all through Scripture. We honor parents. We honor authority. We, we honor those who govern us. We are to be a people who honor and appreciate and respect. Lord, I know for some today, that's a... That's a very easy assignment, a very easy task. Maybe for others, it's a little more challenging. Lord, maybe the one we would want to honor today has passed, is not with us anymore. Lord, wherever we are in this attempt to honor, would you fill us, help us to see you as we step out to do that? Lord, I pray for us in here who are dads that we would feel that one of the greatest opportunities in our life is to be a steward of a name that you carry. And I pray that my life, our lives as a dad, would give us some insight to what you're like. 
Lord, we pray that you'll bless our time now in your word and speak to us. Renew our minds that we might live faithfully as a living sacrifice for you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this is a, a special day for me because on June 16th, not today, June 16th, but June 16th, 1991, a little girl also on a Sunday entered the world and, and made me a dad. I actually became a father for the first time on Father's Day. That's, that's kind of cool, isn't it? A little awe or something there. Oh, golly, that was... I tell you what, on the way out, tell the next service, hey, when he says this, y'all go, oh, it really blesses him. We missed it. We were about about a second behind. (laughs) Yeah, I became a father on Father's Day. You maybe have heard me say, I always thought that was a great deal. My wife's in labor all night long, and the next morning I get gifts and cards. I think that's that's a really sweet deal, isn't it? I tell you, though, as, as I'm seeing that now as being 22 years ago, I'm getting a, a little overwhelmed this weekend with how quickly time is moving. Maybe not as much because of the 22 years, but, but because I gave that little girl's hand in marriage last weekend that's really marked that for me. Man, time is moving. You know, I say that, but time doesn't actually move at different paces, does it? No, it, it always moves just at one second. One minute, one hour, one day. Always moves at that pace. And yet, who believes that? Man, for a child waiting for Christmas morning, or maybe this past week, a child waiting for summer break, man, time just crawls, doesn't it? But then all of a sudden, maybe we start heading into, I don't know, maybe the neighborhood of the 40s. And time just starts picking up pace, and it seems just completely out of control. Boy, a couple, uh, or, or last Friday night, not two days ago, but a week ago Friday night, uh, Karen and I got into bed. Of course, we had just been to the rehearsal dinner, and we were, we were praying, and I said, amen. And boy, the tears began to flow. And it was for both of us. Now, I have to admit, and I don't want to embarrass her, but boy, my wife was crying out of control. And, and I did what I knew to do at that moment, what any good man is going to do at that moment. I laid there and said absolutely nothing. It's a, it's a risky business to help a crying woman. You know, but then, then she said something, and, and she said that, and I thought, ah, I can fix that. Yeah, moment of insanity on my part. But I, I can help her. I, matter of fact, I thought of kind of a, man, this is just what a mom wants to hear. I, I mean, I really, I nailed it, man. I had a good thing. You know, well, what she said was this, I just wish we could keep them small. And I said, well, well, honey, and this is uh, brilliant. I said, well, honey, if, you know, if, they, if they don't grow up, we don't get grandchildren. I don't want grandchildren. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go back to laying here like a slug. That's my best defense. No, I knew, I knew exactly how she felt. I was, I was feeling the exact same way. Man, I couldn't help but think of, and, and, and I think our video there a moment ago kind of brought that to mind. You know, I can't help but think of those, those preschool years, the, those early elementary years. Boy, they're hard, aren't they? They're, they're physically draining years. And when you're drained, when you're tired, time seems to, to crawl. And it, boy, it just seems like they're going to be small for forever until they're not. And there's no in-between. 
They're small forever and ever and ever. And then all of a sudden you look up and they're not. They're not small at all anymore. They're, they're, they're gone. Wait a minute, what happened? And boy, as I see Mary Beth kind of going through, I guess, kind of that first quasi-finish line of parenting. Man, I look back and I see her three siblings and they look like three race cars coming off a turn four at Talladega. Whoa, stop! Man, how do we slow this thing down? Boy, this Father's Day, I'm just struck by the brevity of time. And you know, the Scripture has a lot to say to you and me about the brevity of time. I want to look at a passage today. It's not, it's not a Father's Day passage. As a matter of fact, I, I, I doubt anybody in here has ever been here on a Father's Day and, and this was the passage that was preached. It, it's not a passage where you're going to see the word dad or parents or, or children. It's a passage actually aimed at all followers of Jesus Christ. It is a passage that is aimed at what you and I do with the brevity of time. And yet this morning, I believe there is some places where we can kind of hone that in and say dads. Now, I'm going to say dads, but understand, even though I'm kind of aiming it at me and dads, everything I'm saying applies to all of us. And I think you'll see that in the passage. Would you you look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. Ephesians chapter 5, a favorite book of mine. I was thinking the other day. As I pick this passage out, I I would think I've preached out of Ephesians more than any other book in the Bible in in the last 10 years. This is a book I always seem to come back to, whether it's on purpose or not. But Ephesians chapter 5, look at, at verse 15 there. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I want to make two simple points this morning. I'm going to use the word dad, but again, remember, it applies to all of us. Two simple points from this passage today. The first point is very simply this. Dads, boy, let's recognize how significant a day is. Let's recognize how important each and every single day is. Man, days count. You know, that would seem like a pretty simple and mundane point. You you could say, boy, a day counts. That doesn't seem earth shattering. That doesn't seem like that's going to rock my world or change my life. And yet that simple acknowledgement That simple recognition may be your first step to being successful as a dad, as a husband. It may be your first step in being successful at any role you play as a follower of Jesus Christ on this planet. Days count. Today counts. And boy, this is something that Scripture tries to get through to us over and over and over. Psalm 39 verse 4. It says, O Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Boy, we have plenty of days until we don't. Man, life starts off like a child waiting for Christmas morning, but it tends to end like a gambler desperately needing one more chance. I I thought I had. I I started off with. What happened? Where did it go? game over. Wisdom 
doesn't waste. Moses says to us in Psalm 90 verse 12, Lord, help me to know the number of our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Boy, there it is again. Wisdom and numbering are connected. Wisdom and understanding what a day is are connected. What what is the correct numbering of days? I mean, it's Sunday. We got a new week in front of us, right? Can can I say, boy, I I got a fresh seven in front of me. Or it's summertime. Man, we, school ended Friday. I think, what is it, next week, this week? Uh, summer solstice, first day of summer. I, I got a new season in front of me. On, on January 1, is it appropriate to say we got a new 365? Listen to what James says. He, he says, come now, you who say that today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and we'll spend a year and trade and, and make a profit. <laughs> You don't even know what tomorrow holds. For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Folks, what the scripture actually says is that it is not wisdom. It's it's not wisdom. It's very natural. We're going to say it. We're going to say it even after this sermon. Boy, I got a new week in front of me. That's not wisdom. Wisdom says, I have today. And today is all that I know I have. Now here we have a a passage that is challenging us, teaching us about the importance and the significance of a single day. And yet right in the middle of that, what does it say? Days are evil. Well, why does it say days are evil if a day is so important? Here's, Here's my take on this. I believe it's because the days deceive us. How do days deceive us? Well, think about it this way. In the abundance of our days, we think we have an abundance. Did you get that? In the abundance of our days, we think we have an abundance. The average lifespan in the United States is 78 years. That's 28,470 days. That's a lot of days. That's a whole bunch of days to get some things done, right? We're talking about parenting this morning, being a dad. What you might think of parenting is, I don't know, 0 to 18, 0 to 21, 0 to 22 maybe. 0 to 22. That's 8,000 days. That's a lot of days to get this dad thing right, isn't it? I mean, come on. I don't need every single one of them to be a good dad. And so in the abundance of those days, guess what's lost? A sense of urgency. Now, here's where I think why this passage applies to all of us, however old you are, male, female, apparent, not apparent, while this passage applies to all of us, this is where I think it kind of hits dads. Because dads often for us, maybe I'm just telling on myself, often for us, a sense of urgency is not what we feel inside the home. Our sense of urgency tends to be out there, doesn't it? Out there, I mean, out there at work, we understand deadlines and quotas, the, the, the to-do list. Out there, we understand this is the beginning of hunting season, this is the closing of hunting season. This is the championship. See, we, we, all of our dates tend to be out there. Our deadlines tend to be out there. Oh, we know inside the home there's things to do. Things we need to be, things we need to do, things we want to be, things we want to do as a dad. But there's not quite that sense of urgency. We got plenty of days until we don't. 
And that's why Paul says to us in this passage, man, you and I, we've got to make the most of every opportunity. Listen to this. If you, if you get one line today, get this one line. Whoever you are, whether you're dad or not, get this one line. Tomorrow is not the day to seek God's will. Tomorrow is never the day to seek God's will. Today is. Today is always the day to seek and to understand God's will. That word understand, it it implies effort. It's an action word. It means you and I are working at getting to God's will. You know, a lot of times I think when we use the phrase God's will, we think in terms of a big umbrella over life, the big, big decisions of life. And, and we should. But folks, as it's being used right here, we're talking about God's will for today. What's God's will for me today? Not, not this week, not in my life. What is God's will for me today as a dad? What is God's will for me today in honoring my dad? What's God's will today for my kids? How do I lead and guide them and help them come to know and live in God's will? What's God's will today? And we're to work at understanding that. It says we're to be careful with today. You know, you, know, you can use careful in a couple of ways. This, is, this word careful here, this is not the way mom would use it. You know, when mom says careful, what is she saying? Usually she's saying, be cautious, be tentative, be safe. That's not the way Paul's using this word. This word being used here is more like the way a math teacher would use it. Be accurate, be precise, double check. See, do you see the significance? The day is so important. I want to be as accurate and precise as I can. I want to double check. I'm heading into the day. I want to make sure, okay, am I lined up with God's will as I know it at this moment? Do I have the right to-do list in my life as a husband, as a dad, as any role that I play? Man, I want to be precise with this. I'm going to work at understanding His will, which we're going to find in His Word. Man, wisdom is in God's Word. God's will is in God's Word. Guess where we need to be? Yeah, thank you, Kirby, like one of us in here. Come on, folks. This is the early service. Y'all are on top of it. Where do we need to be? Yeah, praise the Lord. Okay, yeah, so we're, we need to be in God's Word. So you, you see this, folks? Today's significant. Today, right now, today is important. Because it's so important, point number two, we need some help. We need some help. Now, that's, that's a tough thing for Dad to hear because we kind of pride ourselves on not, like, ever needing help, Right? Yeah, I don't need, I don't need directions. I, I don't need help. I can fix it. I can provide for it. I, I can protect. I, you know, we don't need help. Hey, God says, no, you do. You do need help. If you're going to understand my will, if you're going to be precise and accurate with this day, if you're going to make today count so that when they're gone, you're celebrating, not regretting, he said, then you need some help. He said, you need to be filled with the Spirit. Yeah, you've heard me talk about the, the Spirit in a number of different passages and, and sermons before. Just a quick reminder, the Holy Spirit does four things in our lives. He fills, He indwells, He seals, and He baptizes. 
Now, you see in this passage, we're being commanded to be filled. The other three, you will never see a command for us to be indwelt, baptized, or sealed by the Holy Spirit. The reason you and I are never given those, that command is because all three of those things are done instantly and automatically at the point of our salvation. The moment you become a follower of Christ, the moment that you were born again, the Holy Spirit moves in permanently. Boy, don't you love the mercy of God? The Holy Spirit moves in permanently and He indwells. He lives inside us. I don't, I don't have to do anything to seek that or to make it happen. It happens automatically. Then He seals me. He, th- th- this decision to come to Christ, He locks it. He guarantees it so that my salvation will absolutely come to fruition in heaven. And then He baptizes me. You remember that word means to go under the water. It also means to identify with. The Holy Spirit identifies me as belonging to God, which we celebrate and give symbol to in those waters. So all three of those done instantly. But the filling, this fourth work of the Holy Spirit, we are given a command about. And it's not a one-time deal. It's to happen all the time. Now, Now, what is the filling of the Spirit? Paul uses kind of a... A different illustration, especially for us Baptists, to define uh, filling of the Holy Spirit, he uses drunkenness. He says, don't get drunk with wine, that's debauchery. Now that word debauchery is a great word. That is a great word juxtaposed to verses 15 through 17, which we just read. What have we just been talking about? Being careful, being accurate, understanding, making a day count. You know what debauchery is? Riotous and wasteful living. That one word is the exact opposite of what verses 15 to 17 are. Drinking, alcohol will lead us to the exact opposite of what we've just been talking about in verses 15 and 17. So God says, hey, listen, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Well, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? We'll go back to being drunk with wine. What's that look like? When you're filled up with alcohol, it controls how you walk, talk, think, and act. It it controls how you understand things going on around you. It controls how you respond to things. It's controlling everything about you once you start getting filled up with alcohol. God says, don't do that, but instead be filled up, be controlled by the Holy Spirit. The filling of the Spirit is you and I yielding control so that He controls how I understand what's happening. He controls how I respond to what is happening. He controls how I walk, talk, think, and act. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Those other three works of the Holy Spirit are done one time and they're permanent. This has to happen a lot. As a matter of fact, I would really encourage you, don't don't take many steps into any day without first saying, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Holy Spirit, I don't want to take many more steps into this day without just stopping and saying, would you fill up my life? Would you control how I'm going to live this day? I need your help. And then as you're going throughout a day, you may, like I have, become aware, oh, (laughs) I just sinned. It doesn't matter what the sin is. It doesn't matter how big or little the sin is. Any sin is evidence of this reality. The Holy Spirit's not in control. Any sin is evidence that you have just seized control back. And so at any moment that I become aware of sin in my life, I say, man, Lord, I confess that is sin, that is wrong. Help me do what is right to correct that. Help me to enjoy and receive your forgiveness. Now, Holy Spirit, would you fill me afresh? 
Holy Spirit, I yield control again. I know I did that at, at, at 5.30 this morning. And well, it's 10.30. I need to do it again. I, I need to yield that control again. Say, man, that sounds like something you'd be working on and thinking on all the time. Oh, absolutely. Why would I work on that and think on that all the time? Because every single day counts. And it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in the control of the Holy Spirit that you and I have our best opportunity to understand God's will, to live out God's will, to understand God's will for our kids and to guide them and lead them in that. It is God who will help me make today count and understand that maybe two or three of the most significant things I will do on this planet is be a dad. You know, Father's Day messages are, are a challenge. And you know, in many respects, you can say the exact same thing about Mother's Day messages. Because we come in this, this room, and of course, all I see is just a big group. That's what's out there right now in front of me, just a big group. But, but it's not a big group. It's, it's hundreds of individuals. And when we come to this word father, man, we're all over the map on that, aren't we? I mean, I mean, there's some of us in here, we have, we have just kicked off into the game of parenting. Others of us, maybe we feel like we're in the two-minute warning. Others feel like that was a game way back there. You know, others, when we hear the word father, when we think about being a father, man, we're, we're excited. It's, it's the joy of our life. We love being this. We love doing this. Others, man, we think about being a father and... Words like insecurity and, and guilt are all that come from that. And, and, and then there's, there's what we do with our dad. You know, for some of us, this is an awesome day. Man, I, I take any day to communicate my dad what he means to me and, and how much I love him and how grateful I am for him. For some of us, that's, a, that's an awesome and wonderful reality. For others, it's, it falls well short of that. Today's not a great day to, to express how much he means. It's a day that, that the hurt, well, it's just kind of relived. And yet we're all over the place on that. How does one message speak to all these places? How does one message give wherever you are in all of that the next step to take? But what about this passage? Man, wherever you are in that whole realm... All you need to know, today counts. Don't have to worry, don't have to think, well, what's this mean tomorrow if I... Today. We do God's will today. Holy Spirit, would you control me? And you just, you just guide me into the next step of what living in your will looks like. Give me the faith, give me the courage, give me the strength to step into that will and do what I need to do or be what I need to be. Today counts, folks. And because it counts for so much, God's given us the Holy Spirit to help us make sure we do with this day what we need to do. That principle applies if you have no children. If your child's two, if your child's 52, today counts. Boy, I'm going to get God's help to do just what I need to do with today. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.
Gosh, Lord, I hear these words and I'm just thankful for so much. I'm thankful for your wisdom. I'm thankful for the Bible that shows me and teaches me these things. Lord, we will. We've, we've got big days in our life. We know there's some days that really mean a lot and big things are going to happen. Lord, I would imagine for most of us, we approach a lot of days as if that day's not significant at all. It's just another day. Oh God, may we hear the wisdom of your word that says we're to approach every day as this is the day to know God's will and live in it. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit would come and live in me. I'm not a holy house. There's not a purity, a holiness, a righteousness in and of me by itself that, that would make this a home the Holy Spirit would feel comfortable living in. But Jesus, you, you did a work for me on the cross that made my body a place where you would live. And in living there would give me the wisdom and the strength I need to make today count. Boy, it's all there, Lord. Everything we need. It's always been there. Help us to believe it. Help us to live in, in light of that. Lord, I pray you'll guide all of us in the way we honor a dad today. I pray you'll guide us fathers into how we take a step in being a dad that can be honored. Lord, I lift up those. I know, guys, just this last week, we have two families that are without a dad for the first time on Father's Day. They were good dads. They were good men. Oh, Lord, for those that are missing what dad was for them, would you be for them, their heavenly father, be for them what they need on this day? Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.